are no soldiers in Xeon, so we are certain to be victorious in this war! Gluten-free snickerdoodles. I think it's just like when you go to Aldi, it's like, oh, that looks nice. And it's like, I don't care about that, but I bought them anyway. I mean, um, you had me at snickerdoodle. Yeah, they're really soft, which sometimes I'm in the mood for, which I was today. But you know, like there's like a two, there's two different kinds of cookies, right? There's like a soft cookie and a crispy cookie. And there's a time and place for each. I don't think I like Snickerdoodles as a uh, a soft cookie. I think they they they're a crispy cookie. Yeah, these were That's soft, a- and I didn't hate it. Interesting. Just a different mouthfeel. Yeah. It's like Snickerdoodles always been like that's that is absolutely my favorite cookie. By the way. Hey, me um, too. Hey, me too. Hell yeah! It's like I just I always want to like have like a whiskey glass full of milk, and just mm. a stack of Snickerdoodles. Done. That's all I want. I need to make some. I haven't made some in a really long time. I make really good sugar cookies, but my best friend makes snickerdoodles and um, she always threatens me. She's like, I'll never make, I don't know. She holds it against me when we're having like conversations and I'm like, well, of course I want you to make the snickerdoodles. What do I got to do for that? (laughs) Anyway, because she, she like, man, I don't know. You know how some people just got their thing. Yeah. Yeah. So are you more of a baker or are you more of a cook? Um, you know what? I am like, I dabble and baking is so vast, right? Um, I dabble in it and I like it. I've been baking for since I was little because, you know, when you're a kid and you get an easy bake oven, or at least I guess I got an easy bake oven, they're kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's like cooking with a light bulb. (laughs) Like it just wasn't enough and the packets are really expensive. So I've been, I don't know, making cakes and stuff. Now, what I bake always tastes really great, but sometimes when I'm like doing cakes, they don't look the best, but you know, we won't get into it, but I don't know. I like cooking too. Like I asked ask that cause it's like, since you're, since you're an artist, it usually like you run into cooking is more of the art side of the brain vice, um, seeing people who bake and it's more of a scientific thing with them. So it's yeah. like so many exact measurements and all this shit with baking. Mm-hmm. Whereas like cooking, we just kind of like look at it and like, no, and then throw some other shit to it. It's like, all right, that's, now it's right. Now it's good. Hey, you know what? I completely agree with that because when I'm, I'm, I don't like following recipes when I cook. Like I will a little bit, like I'll look over it enough so it won't like, you know, be terrible, but I like to just be intuitive. Like I'm like, oh, this needs like some of that, some of this. And then it's like, if I was supposed to write it down, what I just did, uh, that would be hard. <laughs> so this actually leads us into your uh, your first question. Okay, cool. And this is from Twitter user Siege Fault, a.k.a. Siege. Oh, yeah. If your character is forced into cooking for Gordon Ramsay to impress him in a competition against the others from the Ghost of the Inverness, what would you cook and do you think you would win? Oh, God. Uh, okay. 
Is this like in character? <laughs> what this I could this would be, or is that like based on our actual people? This would be what would Tiny cook? What what would Tiny come up with and would Tiny win? Okay. Well, um, I think that maybe cooking is one of her secret talents. I mean, I did make scones that one time, you know. Um, I would make like a risotto of some kind because I just feel like that's like, oh, when you make that on a cookie show, everyone's like, oh, how risky. Can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would just make a really bomb risotto and maybe I would win. I think maybe. What, what exactly is a risotto? I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, go watch some Chopped or something and you'll hear it a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> like, I've, I've definitely, like, watched cooking shows and, like, that's always something that pops up. It's like, right? oh, they're making risotto. It's like, what the fuck is a risotto and why is it such a terrifying thing to do? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know how to make a risotto, but it just seems really intense. So I was like, Tiny would know how to do that. Tiny, yeah. Tiny would just go balls to the wall and go for it. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I mean, for some reason, I think it might also be boozy. You know, I feel like she would throw some alcohol in there even if it did not call for it. Maybe not even cook it all the way out. You never know. You never know. I mean, or or maybe she would make a, a pasta sauce with like like a vodka sauce, but like heavy on the vodka. <laughs> it's it's more vodka than sauce at this point, but yeah. here you go. And I mean, you know, maybe Gordon Ramsay, after dealing with everyone else, would just be like really welcomed <laughs> for this shot. I don't know. As long as like Tiny's not the first one up there, Tiny stands a, a very solid chance. <laughs> I think so. I think so. All right. So your next one comes from mm. Twitter user Turniphead. Oh, like no. that name. There were there were there were some pretty solid names. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, what was your favorite moment to record? Oh God. Okay. I don't know. Um, to be honest, because when we record, it's like hanging out with your friends and just shooting the shit so it's like i i don't remember a lot of the funny parts um because we're just like rolling with it it's all like improv and fun um there's been a lot of moments where i was just like for real <laughs> are, are we are we really doing this um let me think of a specific one i liked all of my like dramatic stuff that i got to do with godfrey because i really wanted to develop this like romance kind of thing and so uh i really enjoyed doing that i kind of like all my moments where i can make people feel things i guess um i guess it was really interesting when we were doing the storyline with my brother i won't know if that's my favorite but it was definitely interesting exploring that the like when y'all were exploring the uh the storyline with uh reggie and all that like that was one of the one of those where we actually really got to see tiny like at the forefront and like start exploring more about who she is. Yeah. I think that, um, maybe tiny could appear to be just like a certain way, but I think that she has a lot of facets to her that she doesn't like showing. Um, and I feel like right now where we are, it's like everything has been unraveling for a while. So it's kind of like, we're at a point where there's a lot, so uh, if anyone's the same as they were when we started this, it would be kind of kind of crazy <laughs> if they hadn't changed a little bit or found out things about them. I'd like to say like another another huge moment, like 
I think for uh, Tiny as a character was it was when you guys were still in the I think the Grand Canyon or Great Canyon or whatever we're going to call it because Gundam universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like y'all just lost the other base again and it ended up just being you guys and Tiny just has this moment of oh shit I'm the highest ranking one here I don't know what to do with this yeah I think that's a feeling that Tiny is always going through and sometimes I feel like oh, okay I have to be serious like I actually have to know what's going on but how the heck can I know what's going on or have any control and so I think that where I where Tiny is now is she's just trying to embrace the fact that there is no control over this so and I think it's really hard to be in a leadership role when you just like can't you can't make any calls do you feel like she might uh feel a little bit more freed from that right at this current moment since you guys have at at this time completely cast off the shackles of the federation and you're just this so. gorilla group out there doing your thing i you know it's in a way it's like i don't know that the reality of the situation has had time to sink in for the character yet um i'd say that yeah probably more free probably more like whatever things will happen let's take it as it comes, yeah. Also, speaking about where you, where we are, basically in story wise right now, we're getting ready to go to space. Hell yeah! <laughs> Which I'm excited if, about. If I recall correctly, that's where your parents are, is it not? Um. Yes. Do you think that's going to play something? Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, they should be. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, I I really don't think that. I think that's something interesting about my character that we're definitely going to have to look into um, because I don't know that everyone knows that about my parents, um, that they're probably in space and that's where I'm actually from. So it'll be exciting to see what happens. And also, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of mechanic stuff happening in space. So that'll be really fun to RP. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens to you guys once you get up there. All right. Your next one comes in. From Twitter user Captain Ganymede. Oh. If your character could go back in time and warn your past self about one thing, what would it be? Oh. Hmm. Oh, yeah. These questions are all for my character, right? Right. Yeah, these are yeah, these are all for Tiny. Okay, because this there is... There are some okay. questions that are going to be for you specifically. <laughs> okay. Coming all later. Right. Um, I guess... If I if I had to tell Tiny anything like past Tiny is uh don't give up and people were really stupid and that's okay. <laughs> really emphasize the fact that uh people are not gonna be what you expect, but you have to support them anyway. Do you think that current Tiny would have like any any sort of thing that like she would kinda wanna warn past Tiny about before it happens? Or at least something to stay away from, maybe. I guess she would like to know that there are going to be times where she's not going to have her pack of cigarettes and alcohol. <laughs> and she either needs to decide if she's going to stockpile that shit or if she's going to figure out some kind of other vice. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like, you'd be like, hey, you're going to be kind of an alcoholic. So do you want to start being all, like, meditative and 
start getting into like a spiritual side or do you just want to continue to be an alcoholic? Just this is a PSA from yourself to yourself. From yourself to yourself about yourself. Here we are. Here we are. It sounds like a sounds like a like a podcast right there. <laughs> yeah. Next one comes in from Twitter user. I'm your stepladder. It's a great name. Wow. All you right. Know. Um, who do you feel tiny is most buddy buddy with on the podcast? As far as like synergy wise, who do you think tiny really gets to play off of the best? I don't know. Okay. Because here's the thing who I feel like is tiny's closest companion, like best pal, drinking buddy, ride or die is probably mad gun. But we understand each other so much that we just don't have anything to say. And that's why we like each other. It's because we're like, yep. I mean, it's just like a, almost like in King of the Hill where they're all just standing around drinking beer and they're just like, yep, no, nothing to say. Just having a great time. That's me and Mad Gun. I say that um, sometimes it's really interesting when I'm doing adventures with um, Lone Star or, or Holden Max because I don't really I have two different dynamics with them one of them I don't really trust and then the other one I just still see as a child that I never wanted to take care of but here I am (laughs) being a mentor to them and uh, I feel like I try to give Lone Star a really hard time because I want him to be the best he can be so sometimes that's fun I think that's a that's a pretty solid answer honestly Hmm. it's like Dallas and I struggled a little bit with that question originally because the way like it initially comes out, it's like, ah. Uh, so we reworded it a little bit to try and make it fit the individual characters a little bit better. Yeah. I think Holden and I have been having some interesting moments lately. Um, I don't know that he's ever going to be a friend. But it's definitely kind of interesting having like, what, what how would I put it? Like someone who I believe is opposite of me. Not like an anti-hero, but you know, like we're each other's folds sometimes, I think. Hmm, like like some kind of like contrasting individual. Um there's a word for it out there. I know there is. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> me either. But that's the vibe. It's kind of like a it's it's like an opposites attract thing, but not in like a like romantic fashion. It's more just a a friendship fashion. Yeah. I still I still don't think that we'll ever be friends. At least I, I won't say that, but we might be a little bit. He's shady. Sam just feels shady to me. <laughs> now, do you uh, yourself ever go back and actually listen to any of the episodes or like oh. once recording is done, it's done? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I listen because I listen to Dallas edit them from time to time. But really, I think eventually I'd like to go back and have like a a listen a thon, you know. Um, but I really don't listen to them after afterwards, and I'm actually like always pleasantly surprised when I do listen to them because I'm just like, "What? That's funny. We're funny. <laughs> I guess we're funny. That's awesome." Um, <laughs> because. I think I've said it before, but we're just all hanging out. We're all having a good time. You've been there before, you know. Yeah. It's it's kind of just like chaos, and somehow there's a story there. And maybe I should go back and listen to them more because it's it's amazing what we actually do because it doesn't feel like that when we're recording. 
Well, it's like a lot of it, I think, comes from some of the stuff that Dallas does when editing. Like now that all of you guys are on separate audio tracks. Mm-hmm, and there's like, because he was telling me about, uh, it's like there was like a couple times where like you had like a good joke in there, but like you got talked over during the actual recording. So no one really heard it. But like when he went back through, he's like, oh, that's actually pretty fucking funny. So he r- kind of like created some dead space so that nothing blocks out what's happening like what when you're when you're talking and it just brings that to the forefront yeah dallas does an incredible job at um making this into something that you can listen to yeah i mean honestly he deserves some kind of little medal saying like i put up with the things and i make art somehow speaking of putting up with the things (laughs) how has tiny not killed any of the boys yet at this point uh, that would be alcohol and, um, <laughs> meditation. Really, it's just kind of like she has to walk it off very often. I think in a way she doesn't have like the best family relationships. So I think that even though she kind of hates everyone and doesn't really have a lot of empathy, this is her group. And so it's kind of like her little fucked up family that she feels like responsible for. And that's why she hasn't killed anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it definitely has to like be so detrimental to her actual health. Like her blood pressure has to be stupidly high. (laughs) Oh yeah. I, you know, it's so funny because sometimes I end up feeling like actually stressed after recording or like after we're done recording, I'm just like, all right, I'm so glad that is over. (laughs) I just start feeling her like frustration like infinitely but I think that her frustration comes from a place of wanting everyone to be the best that they can be and it's just kind of like they can never match her expectations but she has them anyway and that's why she drinks (laughs) (laughs) this is why I drink one of the many reasons yeah like I recall like several times like definitely hearing um that that frustration through the way your voice has sounded in, in a couple of episodes almost as if it was visual um the, the amount of frustration that was coming through <laughs> in in your voice like as tiny like I specifically remember like back to the initial introduction of lady stark snark smark sark whatever mm-hmm. Adam wants to call her this week <laughs> for real yeah <laughs> lady pants <laughs> Now, like, do you recall, like, if that was, like, your own actual frustration for what, like, what, what the situation was, or? I think I was really upset that everybody was like, she's hot. I'm like, what? (laughs) We, like, we're supposed to hate her. Like, what? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that, like, the protagonists kind of have a thing for one of the antagonists. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, Annie holds to her guns. Whatever that is. I just think that it's frustrating to just, you know, want the characters to be away. But I think that's kind of like what's interesting about Tiny is she gets frustrated with them because like she has so much hope that they're going to be something (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that they may never be uh, to be determined. When you were when you were drawing up Tiny and like really like sitting down to kind of create the character. What made you go the way you did with her? I know like the, the parent stuff and all that like happened from the roles that y'all had from that initial Mm -hmm. system, which I don't think 
I don't even remember what, what was the initial system um, that y'all scrapped before episode one even began. Oh my gosh, it was some kind of mecha system. Was that Mecha yeah. and Zeta? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Don't. That's an Adam question. I'm yeah. just here for I, a good time. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So you know we we had all um started role playing together for a while not not uh, Gundam related things but I had always picked these characters that weren't really who I was like personally and I found that RPing them was really hard because they were something that I couldn't be even though like maybe I wanted to explore like a character that was like a stuck up rich person or something or um I don't know. So when we were making these characters, I just really wanted to be like, okay, well like who is something like what's some kind of personality that I can do effortlessly that I can relate to and it's going to be really easy for me to like figure out what this character would do and what would motivate her. And so I just kind of went with I don't know. Tiny's a lot like me in some ways and a not and a lot not like me in some ways. But I don't know if this answers your question. Um <laughs> I guess I could have put it better, but I just wanted someone who was like a no bullshit, take nothing from anyone, very strong, very independent, maybe even cold person. And I was like, all right, let's be that. And then it ended up working out really well because I feel like no one else is like that. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely you've definitely stand out amongst the the rest of the characters in the game. I feel like in the beginning that might have been an idea that was also there for Mad Gun to kind of compliment you. But now really like yeah. you're the only one that's t- tiny is just the 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 rigid structure that still remains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do find myself being like being the structure <laughs> a lot. I'm like, all right, cut it out. We came here for a reason. Let's get to it. Cause it like, it really does turn into it's always sunny in, in, in the universal century sometimes. <laughs> Which is, you know, I embrace it, but I don't think we would ever not be like that. I, I mean, if you guys ever have the opportunity to, you know, have a drink with us, it's much like that when we're just hanging out. It, it really is. I feel is. like, um, you know, we're all really like hyperboles or like exaggerations of like parts of who we really are in our characters, I think. I mean, we're not like our characters, but there's definitely things there that are similar. So it's just, uh, I guess we have a fun friend group. I mean, y'all all play off of each other very well. Like, it's it's been really, really awesome watching you guys kind of, like, just keep going down this path. Like, it doesn't really feel like y'all have any kind of, like, weird clickiness going on. It mm-hmm. just it just feels like this is just a group of people literally just hanging out and doing their thing. It, it's really funny because when it comes to, like, um, like, RPing... I never did. Like, I have never role-played. I never did that. Like, I was always interested in, like, D&D and Fate and things like that. And I always wanted to play, but I never found anyone growing up or in high school or even in college until later that wanted to do that. And then I remember one night 
Dallas was all like, hey, Adam's going to come over and he's going to like DM a one shot game. Like, is that something you're interested in? And I was just like, oh, my God. I was so excited. I couldn't wait. And I think from that moment when we all like kind of played together for the first time, we just really liked playing together. And so we did a couple of different high fantasy fate games and one shots. And I just think that we we just really connect with each other and can kind of pick up where things are going to go and just run with it. So basically at this point, the the games you played now have been those little bits of one shots um, with Adam DMing and then uh, Fetty Scum. And obviously like the, the G Gundam off on the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I I was a part of like a D&D group at one point, like Dallas and I joined one um, near where we live and it was okay, you know, but the you have to really have the right mix of personalities and people and like similar motivations to just have a really great game. And I think that is why this game and this podcast is so much fun is because unlike D&D or things, there are expectations, but we're not like focused on the details. Like we are focused on some things, but it's really like we're committed to like making a story and having fun, which you just sometimes can't accomplish in other games. No, you're you're 100% with that. You, you really are. Like, I think that's what drew a lot of us into uh, listening to you guys as much as we have is it's been more about the storytelling, more about just having this, these epic things happen and not have to stop for a role for this or that, or this or that, like every three seconds. Yes. Now I will say Dallas, I think cuts a lot of the rolling out, which, you know, cause when he edits, he edits for the sake of making it interesting for you guys to listen to, as yeah. opposed to what actually goes down. So again, I have to pat him on the back and say, wow. So now that we brought up like a little bit of the, what is it? I don't even know what the actual full title for the G Gundam series is anymore. Like brain is just (laughs) like the American something prelims. I don't even know anymore. Your character there. Tamitha is so different from tiny. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. Um, (laughs) So I don't think it's any secret, but one of my favorite movies is legally blonde. And I I love, love that movie. I love how this like bubblegum, like pink poppy lady is a feminist icon. Like she's both like sexy, doing her own thing, but also at the same time, she's strong and intelligent and takes nothing from men. And I, I really love that. By the way, Legally Blonde, the musical, is also really awesome. I did not uh, know there was a musical. <laughs> it is so good. Check it out. So I think that Tamitha is also a part of my personality, <laughs> um, but just kind of the opposite side of me than Tiny. But she's a lot of fun. I like just 
I mean, literally right before we're about to do it, I, I will like my phone, everyone's phone just has like news things that pop up sometimes. OK, well, mine are all about celebrities because I started looking at celebrity gossip because of Tamitha. Oh, no. And so, <laughs> so, I mean, not like I don't actually look at it really, but I'll just be like, oh, like there's a name. There's a name. I don't think I've used that one yet. That's where all the weird celebrity things come from. I think that that character is also really inspired by, um, oh my God, what's the sister on Shit's Creek? Alexa. I, I've not watched Shit's Creek yet. Okay. Well, she's definitely an influence. So, Amethyst and I would go and we would have drinks. I would join her sorority. Like that's that's one of the more interesting things, like, of seeing how heavy a con of a contrast you have between Tiny and Tamitha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They kind of are night and day. I don't think I would ever see Tiny in like a a pink anything. No. Or designer for that matter. Yeah. So with Tiny's name, obviously Tiny Dancer is, is a song reference. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is Diana a reference in any way, shape, or form? Um, yes. What what uh what song? Okay, so my favorite song by Elton John is probably Candle in the Wind. And he played it at Princess Diana's funeral. Um, not that I really care about royal family, but I was like, Diana's a good name. And Candle in the Wind is awesome. <laughs> but also Princess Diana. Yes. Princess Di. Rest in peace. She was awesome. I would have I would have felt so dumb if, if it came out the other side of this question. You'd be like, yeah, no, it's not a reference to anything. It's like the name Diana. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I, I read too much into this name. Kind of personal. So I don't know if I really should share, but um, I really like Elton John because when I was a teenager, my dad bought me this really cool, like big speaker that you could like mount your iPhone to that it would like play out of. And there was this one Christmas Eve that we listened to Elton John and we like, you know, had a glass of cognac so I could have a drink on Christmas Eve as a teenager. and. We like danced in the living room and that was a really fond memory for me. And I, um, that was actually my last Christmas Eve with my dad. So I think that it imprinted on me pretty heavy that like Elton John and even the Beatles, but really Elton John, is like this person that's like the beacon of my relationship with my father, which was a really great relationship. That's, that's pretty heavy, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like saws. No, legit. Like, thank you for sharing that. Um, that explains the 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 connection with Elton John a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got one more for Tiny. Ooh, okay. And the the rest right. are entirely entirely to you. This one comes from uh, Facebook user Ulfric Wolf Denali. Mm -hmm. You guys got some names. I'm just saying. Yeah, man. Question is, dear Tiny. How have you gone this many episodes without getting a single uh, mechanic RP point? You spend so much time fixing the boys, you deserve the damn points. You know what? It's because I'm a piece of shit and I have all the points and I never use them. <laughs> I never use them. I don't know. I don't know why, but that is an excellent point and I will try to remember that it's like, oh yeah, I got a little special sauce to sprinkle on this. Let's like try and Let's try and remember that I have some some extra successes coming my way. 
I remember it was like one of the episodes, like you're, you're sitting there like talking about things like, don't I have an RP point? We don't use these ever, but like, don't I have one? Yes, I do. <laughs> I have become uh, aware of this in moments when it's too late. I think that now we've changed the system a lot and the structure. So I think going forward, maybe we won't forget things. Um, you know, we roll completely differently now and we just switch to that. So maybe it'll be a little bit more intuitive before it just felt a little Wild West like when it came to, oh, we can do a thing. So I think Adam has worked really hard to give us a little bit more structure. It's like with this last episode, we def definitely got to hear a moment of like you, you really embodying us as the uh, the audience base of like having a moment of, wait, how, do the, how does this shit work again? Because yeah. like there was... There was so many things getting said over top of each other to you at one point. Like I could feel the absolute frustration for you. Cause it was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Like I understand the rules. And I don't know what the fuck's happening right now because everyone's trying to talk at once. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a moment. I'm gonna need it. I'm gonna need it to be broken down again. I know we've done this, but it's, it's a, uh, we'll figure it out. I will get there. I'm not, I'm probably going to be like this for a minute as I adjust because, you know, I can't help but uh, wander off and daydream a little bit every now and then. And then I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. I missed something. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you just come back down to the planet Earth for a second. It's like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. What what happened? Where, where, oh, where are God. we now? Panic. <laughs> <laughs> there's panic <laughs> you know I uh, I hope that I'm appreciated as a mechanic eventually maybe in space maybe, maybe in, space. in space it's like coming from having a military background and like knowing the way things function it's weird to me that Tiny is a mechanic yeah why is that because, because she is this officer like usually that's not a thing like officers don't fix their own gear Pilots yeah. don't fix their own shit. Like usually like the flight crew is slapping the officer, telling them to get the fuck away from the plane while they're trying to fix it for them. <laughs> that is, that is interesting. And it's, it's kind of, it's different. Like having, um, you, you, what you're a Lieutenant commander. Now mm -hmm. this Lieutenant commander who not only like pilots this thing, but also knows all of her, all of her shit. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I don't know if there's something to do with like just having been through some war and I'm still alive and they're like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess rank her up. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So about you. Um, uh-huh. So it's come up, like it came up a little bit in conversation um, when I stopped by you guys' house up there on my, on my journey across the country like an idiot um <laughs> that you had like an internship before oh yeah um i was interested in art history and i still am but i'm more focusing on art practice now but i was just like you know if i'm gonna have an internship i should look at the smithsonian and i got an internship um the katzenberger art history internship at the smithsonian and I got paid to hang out at a really cool museum. Um, I was at the National Postal Museum and I looked at 
uh, their printing techniques. They actually have like an original spider press, which was one of the first kind of presses that were used to make stamps. And I just like spent a lot of time like researching, really researching spider presses and just kind of trying to improve their technique. My background is in printmaking. And so I kind of had this really interesting perspective to bring to such a history museum because I don't think it's often that the people who go for these art history internships actually have a background in art. So that was really interesting to me because I saw that they were doing intaglio printing and they were printing with dry paper, which I, I've never really done that. I've always had wet paper when I printed. So it was kind of fun to figure out a way that I could bring what I knew about printing into this like um, docent activity. And then I also looked a lot about like art and stamps and, you know, the art movement that kind of happened where like artists were having these like chain letters they were sending to each other. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> can you, can you explain a little bit like what you mean by wet, per wet paper versus dry paper? Or is it literally what it is? is it's just the paper's wet. You just, yeah, it's the paper is wet, but you can't have, so I had some, some things to figure out because at the Smithsonian, there's like a lot of like red tape. There's a lot of like procedures that have to be done a certain way. And when I'm in the studio, I would soak my paper and then I would lay it on a towel and then I would print on it for intaglio printing. Well, we can't have like a little thing of water just out on the floor, apparently. So I had to like get a sponge, just like a little damp sponge and just kind of Dab your paper, paper. And all that. yeah, just to dab it a little bit, because um, really, I, I I don't know the science behind it um, exactly. I just know prints are good when you. Well, it all depends on what method of printmaking. There's a lot of methods of printmaking, but if you're doing like an etching intaglio print, it's just better if the paper is wet. I guess like the ink really can saturate it better. Do you feel like uh, your art? really uh, benefited from your time with the internship at the Smithsonian? I don't know. Um, I think that being in DC was like a culturally rewarding experience. Like I got to live there for a couple months. Um, I got to party there <laughs> for those couple months. I lived in like an international student house. So it was like people from all over the world who were doing like different kinds of graduate school programs and internships and everyone was drinking all the time. And it was really, um, it was kind of really, uh, a, it was a very fun experience to get to do that. It was fun to know, like I got there thinking that everyone is, gonna, I'm going to be out of my depth here. I had imposter syndrome, really hardcore. And I got into the internship and I realized that everyone was just like me and my mentors, I was just like, oh my gosh, I bet they have like doctorates, you know, they work for the Smithsonian, like leading educational programs and a lot of them only had bachelor's degrees and that really inspired me um to know that you don't have to have a degree to get to where you want to be and have the life that you want but i'm still pursuing a master's degree right now <laughs> in art but i think that i saw a lot of art when i was there i because i worked for a museum i actually got to go into all the museums for free even the ones that you're supposed to pay for usually because I had like a museum identification. So I got to go in for like 
you know, like I got to go to the National Geographic Museum and I got to see the mummies and I got to see all of the uh, artifacts from Egypt, which is like really awesome because when I was a kid, I had like every Egyptology book and I was like writing hieroglyphics on my wall and like gold leaf. I don't know. It was it was a lot of art and I felt very immersed in seeing a bunch of different art. And I think maybe that did inspire me. It was good. If you had to pin down like one specific thing, what do you think was your absolute favorite thing about your time in DC? I got to see a Frida Kahlo painting in person. Um, I also got to see a Louise Borges. Uh, I don't know how to say names. So I'm bad at that, but um, she is an amazing sculptor who does these like giant spider like sculptures. Um, and I got to see one in the sculpture garden and at the women in the arts museum. And it was like, wow, I read about these people and here I am. There's a lot of like women artists that I had studied in my sculpture class that I got to actually be in the presence of their work. And that felt really powerful. I got a little emotional, <laughs> to be honest. Are there any other spots, um, at least stateside, um, that you feel you, you might come on, go on next on like an art pilgrimage type deal? Um, I definitely need to go back to New York. Um, I went when I was a teenager, but I didn't really get to experience like the art when I was there. I did the tourist stuff that I didn't care about doing. So I really would like to go and just check out some museums. Um, I'd like to go to the Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. I think that there's a lot of great art museums and I would love to. I think I'm at a point in my art making that I'm ready to do some residencies and I haven't looked into a lot of residencies, but I'd like to go do like a couple months somewhere, you know, like whether it be like Chicago, California, New York or something and develop my art and try to get into some kind of cool little program. What exactly does a residency entail um, when it comes to your specific art? Um, residencies are all about you taking in that atmosphere of where you are and just concentrating on making work. A lot of the time um, you will be sponsored to do that. And they're in like really beautiful places. Like then all the national parks have a residency where you can just go. And it's not just for my kind of art, but like writers, whatever, but really a residency is all about you buckling down. Maybe you have to teach a couple workshops on what you specifically do. Um, but really, it's like you're going and a bunch of other people are going at the same time. And you guys are all just kind of like leaning on each other with like ideas and cultivating art. I don't know. I haven't done <laughs> one yet, but I read a lot about them. Um, it's really good to have on your resume. But I, I would like just the opportunity to be sponsored to just go and make art for a while in somewhere pretty and somewhere different where it's not like where I am all the time. I think that about covers like everything that I've got for you. Is there anything pertaining to you like that you would want to talk about or anything like that? Or do you think you, uh, you think you bear, bared enough for this interview? Ooh, okay. I, I, I guess I was really, I'm really excited about going to grad school as everyone might go through. I've had imposter syndrome, something crazy. And I didn't think I was going to get in and I didn't think I'd get this or blah, 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 blah. 
but I'm going to go get my MFA in printmaking. And I don't know what that's going to be like yet. Uh, I signed up for a photography class. I'm going to be in printmaking. I'm going to be in art history classes. And I'm just really excited about that. And I can't wait. But I'm a printmaker. <laughs> I think I said that a lot. But I focus on... I do a lot of screen printing. I do a lot of litho, which is like stone printing. And I like I like block printing. Although sometimes I don't have the patience for block printing because you're like carving wood and that's annoying. And I always stab myself with the tools, with the gouges and stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, go ow. That was ow. back into me. I was like the only thing of what you named that I even have any inkling of how it works is screen printing. <laughs> screen yeah. printing is the only thing that you've done that like or described is like, okay, like that one I can do. That one I've done. I, I know that one. <laughs> And I'm by no means an expert on on printing, but I'm hoping that I will be. Yeah, man. I'm going to go give some institution a lot of money so I can say that. I'm, I'm excited for you, bud. Thanks, man. Uh, so we've got one final question. Oh, okay. And we can we can let you off the hook after that. Okay. This this here this here final question comes in from the white shadow himself. Oh, a legend. The the, the fucking legend. Like, <laughs> White Shadow asks, oh, excuse me, the White Shadow. I, please, please, Dallas, cut that, cut that one, cut that. Don't, don't let him hear me say his name without the, the, he'll kill me. The White Shadow asks, how does it feel to play the actual best character in Fetty Scum? Pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you think that. I, I will say that sometimes I'm afraid that no one likes my character. But I'm always happy to hear that people like my character because I like my character. I think maybe I get a little personal with it. <laughs> I think because I'm like tiny as me. I am tiny. So, yeah. Thanks for listening and hanging out with me. Hey, cool. Thanks for thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, it was fun. In this war. Dead medium. Good.